guys, welcome to the rant today. Um, honestly, I don't even know if I like standing up. To be honest, it's kind of weird. New format. I we're, know, but we're a weird. new format. Why are you so relaxed and comfy? You're like because I'm standing. It's a little uncomfortable. I'm just trying to get. Relaxed. He never sits. So he spends the whole day standing. That's why that we have true. a stand up desk. That is true. That is true. Um, Your blood's flowing. Yeah, I, I, new location. We're, actually, we're upstairs now. Yeah, we are. We are same design, place. Out of the new dungeon. Location. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I'm not used to this. Kind of cool. We're there doing a go. TMZ format. Is it weird? TMZ is it cool. TMZ. <laughs> <laughs> we're just changing, changing it up a little bit. So, are we going to? Or we're just lazy to go downstairs. Possibly that. So, what are we going to talk about? I think we're going to talk about regional well, we, lending, right? Yeah, we, well, we got some interesting news. We today. got an email this morning, so I, yeah. I don't like. I honestly, I knew, but I didn't actually think it was to that degree and yeah well, regional lending exists you're right well it's it's never really gone away it's it's been around for quite some time but we just found out that uh, one of the major b lenders in canada a national lender yeah um has come out and, and very quietly said hey we're no longer lending in alberta yeah for and, rentals yeah. Uh, refis or purchases yeah you know and this is a lender that does both a and b so it's not, yeah, it's yeah. not just an Oh, that's right. Yeah, they're not lending on both sides of the, pl- of right. the balance sheet in Alberta right now. Which is yeah, they're a huge lender. They're probably number one or two, somewhere no, up there. You know, uh, we're not going to get yeah. onto the details of that, but it is a large lender. And, and, sends a and message. It's, it just sends a big message to the marketplace. So right? what is the message? I guess let's talk about that because I know a lot of viewers are going to be thinking, well, what is the message? Well, I think the message right now is, is that lenders will track regional... Regional numbers, they'll be looking at price point. And I think they're, you know, in the B space, especially if a lender's probably very concerned right now about being exposed to on, on market value, I would think it'd be one of the things. But more importantly, they're probably concerned that, you know, with uh, properties that are reliant on rental income, that their rents may be dropping and, so, and vacancies may vacancies be on the rise. Okay, so, so Hugo, let me ask you this question. Let's say you live and work in Alberta. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a family or not have a family, it doesn't matter, it's irrelevant. You want to buy your first home. You just heard this. What are, what are your thoughts? Like, what do you think? As an end and I'm buying my primary residence? Yeah. Like, what do you, like, does it scare you? Yeah, of course. It's kind of like, you know, this is going to be the biggest asset of my life, the biggest expense I'm probably going to carry on a month to month. And there's a bank that doesn't have enough confidence in that particular area to even want to lend there. That's scary. So what sure. do you do? Do you just continue on renting? I have to live somewhere. So I probably, you know, I, I would probably still buy a property, but I'd be maybe a little bit more conservative on the value. I'm probably not going to go on a super high end home because there's going to be potential right. issues, the value. And I would just keep it safe, I guess. Or maybe I mean, I purchase think, well, a home that has a rental suite in it because now I have less lenders who are willing to lend there and I can f- maybe sure. have some uh, tenant but, there. But see, here, here, well, here's I, the I, thing. I, the, I fr- the freeze is not an honor occupier. So let me just get that. It's rental property. It's, it's, it's rental, rental specific. I think, the, I think the message is, look, if you're buying a primary residence, real estate's a long-term game. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. 100%. I, I don't think people should try to... Overanalyze and over I, try to overturn the market. I agree with you. It's too difficult. I agree with you, Dave. But honestly, if you have a lender that has a freeze, yeah. But this isn't on. the first time we've seen this. You know, it could I mean, be a temporary freeze. I've been news for 16 years, and I've seen it more than. But it's once. interesting that they're it's doing the a freeze in the busiest time of the year, right? This is the spring market. I think it. That's look, a good I think, point. I think the thing with is 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 they're concerned about vacancies, obviously, right? Sure. And they're concerned sure. that people are relying on rental income. Sure. So I think the message isn't so much. Is no. real estate, it doesn't make sense to buy real estate. Values are pretty, you know, you can have an argument that values are stable in certain parts so, of, in, so of let, Alberta. So let's talk as an investor then. But as an investor, then you might you might say to yourself, well, as an investor, this is this an indicator 
that the market might be oversupplied. As an investor, I think I'd be a little bit concerned. I think I might, I for might sure. take a look at other markets. Here's Alberta. another concern as an investor. Let's say I already own real estate in, in, this, in Alberta. And for whatever reason, I have to go to a B lender. What if other lenders start following? Now I have even less options available for finance. Well, then, well, that's then the what thing, happens, though. you have less demand, more supply. It's that simple. The thing with lenders is, is now the price goes down. You are going to see more lenders kind of jump on this wagon. You're just going to be very quiet about it, like this lender was. We found out about this because we inquired about a, a file, and you know then they this, came this, back it, very quietly and said, "Oh, yeah, by the way, we put a freeze." It in could Alberta. just be this lender exclusively who decides as a mandate we're no longer lending there for sure. the time being. Yeah, and maybe other be lenders exposure. might pick up the slack and say, "Hey, we're yeah. we're good to go. Well, no problem." Look, they so email, I don't want to be they, dis- they, completely they, discouraging. The email clearly said temporarily. Correct. Yeah. I'm just saying I don't want to be discouraging to anyone yeah. in Alberta who's investing in Alberta that this is a a, a sort of a, a well, systemic thing. I, it I could th- just be a one-off. We're just we're just okay. I think if you're investing in Alberta, I think you have to take a look at the marketplace and you have to ask yourself if the lending community is becoming less bullish on the marketplace. You know, are you going to double down? Maybe. Maybe you're in the financial position where you can do that, or maybe you take a look at you and you say, hey, maybe I'll shift my attention to a different market. Or then you be very specific about the asset that you're buying. Make sure you buy quality, right? Or maybe you stick to quality a more urban quantity. market. Yeah, yeah. go to a larger urban market. I think if you stick it to buy an urban market, you're a little safer real there. estate, you know, where there's population growth. And because well, you guys were mentioning vacancy, well. right? Vacancy in parts of Alberta is a problem because a lot of the industries yeah. are shifting. The jobs are shifting. But if you're buying in an urban market, I think you're going to have a little bit less risk on the vacancy. Yeah, argument. let's look at Edmonton. Edmonton's a great market. Yeah. They're you both know, Edmonton and Calgary. Great market's been, Edmonton's been extremely stable, you know, specifically. So really great you know, price if, point. If I have a choice between Edmonton or a small, you know, market where there's less than 100,000 people, I'd probably go to Edmonton. You know? Sure. There's a lot happening. And I think that's how you're going to head. You have to head yeah. yourself. Again, you have to buy quality, not quantity, right? That's what Forget buying 10 properties, buy one really, really good one. So let's talk about that. Let's, let's go in a little bit of a segue here. Why do people focus on quantity so much and not uh, quality cash flow. I, I don't i've never understood it's no cash but flow. And it's not that's cash flow because that's a bunch of work that's you know we're gonna have to edit that now. Yeah, you, you, said, can, you, you can edit both and we can put a little <laughs> little sticker a little cartoon over his mouth i think i think i'm it's cursing now i think i think people will buy quantity because there is some cash flow uh, no there's no more there's cash also flow ego too. quantity sure there is no because look i'll do an example i'll prove my point if you buy a home in toronto yeah. A a turn. I, when I say turnkey, I mean I bought it and I'm going to immediately rent it. There's already very sure. few properties in Toronto that are triplexes or fourplexes that are ready to go. You're probably not going to make that much money if you even make any money at all on a monthly basis when you factor in your down payment and everything else. But then they are. Okay. But you can but buy you, a property in the middle of nowhere that's a duplex and probably make a hundred, two hundred bucks but, a month. But here's the argument: you're going to have. You know, all things being equal, you're probably going to have a better te- tenant demographic. Yeah, I'm not arguing in that. Toronto, you're just saying, but you guys ask me, small little town. Why would someone want to buy a lot of properties? Because you can potentially get better cash flow. This is why you would buy in a tiny market like Windsor but, or but Kingston. You're, but you're just looking cash at cash flow better. then, and that's, that's okay. That, but, but that's but what's why the they one, buy multiples. But what's the long term game, right? If somebody's looking to get appreciation, you know, anybody who bought in Toronto the last five years, is it a I'm lot not better than other markets? I'm arguing for the small Mickey Mouse. No, no, neither I would rather buy. I'm saying though, quality. I'm just trying to defend the people that are buying multiples. No, but that's not the No one's attacking them. I agree. I think I think you should have a good mix. Like any portfolio, real estate included, you should have a good mix. You shouldn't just have downtown core Vancouver, downtown core Toronto. I think you have to have a mix of everything. You know, you, you have your condo, you have your townhouse, you have your suburbs, you have your maybe a small multifamily, you know, but... To, to just say, I want to buy 100 doors just because it's 100 doors, it, it means nothing. It, it means nothing. It could also be an ego Look, thing. I own 100 doors. We've seen, we've seen people's, we've seen portfolios with, 
you know, 50 plus doors fail and people hand in their keys mm -hmm. and they lost everything. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't, it doesn't hedge you. But we've also seen make it clients better. who've gone really big and bought a $2 million fourplex in Toronto in a nice area and all of a sudden the market turned. So we've seen both of them. But I would argue that over the long term, that Toronto property would have done fine if they could have carried it. Sure. But if you can hold onto the, a good good asset over time, you're going to do well. And I think what that's I'm saying is you don't, you don't need to... You don't. You want to go to neighborhoods where there's population growth. There has to be a real good value proposition. Yeah. You can't be relying yeah. on one industry. You can't be relying on on one sector or one major employer to feed the whole community. Right. Because if that if that employer shuts down, then the whole town's gone. The and whole it, town, but the ripple effect of the happen. smaller towns that's also why, get affected. That's why but, you got to be focused. But on you, bigger you markets. also bring up a good point, which is you know if you're you can't just be relying on the cash flow in order to hold on to the asset. No. If you're buying a property because of cash flows, but if it doesn't cash flow, you can't hold on to it, then honestly, you probably shouldn't, you be, shouldn't buying be investing right now in yeah. real estate. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I agree. Cash flow is important. I just don't. Um, but it depends on your, your goal. Some people may need the cash flow to live off on a, on a portfolio. That's fine. But I mean, you can buy four or five properties, good properties, and within 10, 15, 20 years, sell half of those, pay off the rest, and still have yeah, cash I agree, flow. I agree. I think yeah. you don't need 100 doors. I there's, think, there's, I think look, it should always be quality versus quantity because you can have four crappy that's, properties that's message, or yeah. just one really good yeah. property. Now, don't get me wrong. There's people with uh, uh, like small properties here and there that cash flow extremely and well. They're in, and they're in great areas. They're great and, areas. And, and not only that, but they're also individuals that if, it does, if they have a vacancy issue, they can sustain it. Of course. You know, it's you got to like, stress test your portfolio. You got to have some liquidity. You shouldn't be putting all your money into, you know, the all down payment and closing costs. It should also be, can you service this for three, four months? Because the banks are looking at that. You should be doing it as well. You got to look at stress testing your portfolio, man. You got to quality, man. Very often I get questions from clients who are like, what's your goal? I want to buy three properties this year. And when you ask them why, they're just like, because I, I feel like I need to do this. It's like, well, what are your actual goals? Like, do you have any specific numbers? Is there cash flow numbers you need? Is there net worth numbers you're trying to hit? Like, what's the, the end game? And I think when you start having that conversation, work backwards from 10 years from now, this is where I want to be. And it's like, well, you don't really need four properties in the middle of nowhere. You probably only need one or two properties that you can buy in the next two or three years slowly. I think a lot of it yeah. too is patience. You just gotta I think I think there's a right way to do things if, if you are patient, right? Um, trying to buy... 50 properties 100 properties within one month is sometimes it doesn't hurt to sit on oh, your cash for a little, little while well impressive. i'm obviously exaggerating but <laughs> i think i think the message is is yeah. trying to just buy a bunch of doors doesn't necessarily create a real portfolio right i think you have to again reassess your goals we talk to clients all the time about okay what are your goals what are your real objectives and when you break it down and it could be a an income you know yeah. a certain amount of income by a certain period of time but when you break it down you can possibly achieve that with a couple of really good assets and not necessarily have to buy yeah. a large number of portfolio of properties, not necessarily have to yeah. put yourself in small markets where you might end up with a lot more risk. You know, it's it's a balance. So can I give you but guys I think a very... you have to look at your goal and work away, work about it. Let me give you a very basic example that I love using with clients. So, Ed, we can kind of do this really quickly together. So, $1 million price point in Toronto is pretty easy to get. Yeah. They're all over the place. Yeah. Let's say you purchase a $1 million property, you put down 20%. And let's say over the next 25 years, regular mortgage, it just pays itself down. So in 25 years, the balance is zero, correct? Yeah. Would you say super conservatively that $1 million should be worth at least $2 million in 25 years? Given what we know about- You could argue that, sure. I think it's pretty reasonable, right? So it's worth $2 million and I've got no mortgage against it. Now, 
we, you know, without taking into account inflation, because that'll just get a little more complicated. A million dollar home today in a decent town, what do you think you can get on a yearly basis? Like 50 to 70 grand of income pretty reasonably? What, in Toronto? Yeah. Let's say you rent two or three units on this million dollar home. Well, that's... Let's just say 50 grand. We'll just use 50 grand as a basic number. It's conservative. Sure. It'll be conservative. more than that, but yeah. So 50 grand, and we're not adjusting for inflation. We'll, we'll just assume 50 grand is, is 25 years adjusted. 50 grand is the amount of income you'll be getting on this property every year. As long as you own this property, so now if you're you own two you pay, properties, you pay it off and you'll get fifty thousand. Correct. So I'm just saying very basic. You know, I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. being conservative here. That one property is now paying me fifty grand. If I own two of these properties and we're looking at quality, no, it's hundred grand. Now I've got about hundred grand. Yeah, that's probably a very good amount of income for most people to live off. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So I'm just saying, like that's this is a very basic scenario. You don't need to buy. I don't, the, I don't understand. The, oh, okay. I'm just sort of just comparing yeah, the yeah. quality versus quantity. Versus like, taking a million bucks, going to a small town and buying and like, buying like five properties. Seven, but properties, why not? Yeah. But why not do multifamily? I mean, that's like, another conversation. You, that's that's, that's that a different too. asset class, though. But okay, but if if you're talking about cash flow, it's, it's the same with multifamily. Yeah, Twenty five years from now, it's paid off completely. Yeah, it's a different and, type and, and, because it's a different type of client. There's different risk levels. There's different due diligence things. People might not be but, comfortable. But with this, this, but this is what I love about multifamily is that if it doesn't make sense. To own the building because it doesn't produce a net operating. The bank won't give there, you money. Then the banks won't give you money at all. So it's not. So the bank is the stress test. If the bank right. gives you money, it's because it works. <laughs> now I, I understand from a liquidity point of view, it's it's a little bit harder to get rid of it. But why um, why discard it altogether? A lot of people it just should. think. In fact, it's a lot easier to get family. financing on multi-unit if the financials make well, sense. Well, you said this yourself about, what was it, three months ago or, or a year ago, I can't even remember. You're like, yeah, commercial lending rules haven't really, really changed at all. Where no, on the single residential family, much, no. they, they change every week. <laughs> so it seems. <laughs> changed right. this morning. That's why we're talking about this. Yeah. yeah. No, no, you're right. Yeah, commercial lending hasn't really changed much, right? The, you know, and... And, I and think maybe banks, the message is really do like multiple. the message is if you if yeah. you have been on the sidelines because you can't qualify, you're a little frustrated with the price point and the cash flow. Open up, you know, your well, your mind to multi. Yeah. Have a conversation around what's out there and and what options look like because you'll be surprised on how yeah for sure attractive it is. Yeah. All right, I think we're done with the topic. I don't even really know what the topic was. Anymore. I don't even know where we started. What's the point? Like, how are we going to give a title to this? I don't. <laughs> we started talking about <laughs> Alberta. How lenders pulled little about yeah, uh, yeah. Alberta. And how to how to get a good yeah. portfolio and focus on stress testing it. Yeah. Make sure your portfolio. Make sure you're buying quality versus quantity. Yeah. Because quality will stand the test of time. Yeah. yeah. I think that's 100%. that's the message. Right? I agree. I agree. I don't know. I have a one dollar can opener that my parents have had for twenty years. That thing's a legend. It's still around. And my wife and I have probably gone through three or four can openers, and they always break. And this one's still around. This is not quality oh. at all maybe it was a one dollar quality the, the uh, one that he, cheapy little like can opener that's <laughs> still kicking around i asked my parents where'd those you get are, this those are the best though. dollar store yeah, i'm like the yeah. dollar store used to make some good stuff now they got to squeeze out the quality at a dollar so all right guys well thanks for joining the rant we'll see you guys next week boom Cheers. You're not going to do a little song? No, no song. Oh, come on, you always no do a song. song. We have to create a jingle. Sing us out. I haven't licensed it yet. I don't know if you guys, I might sell it to you guys. 